So the question is, how does one create, build, and protect and multiply your wealth in a global interconnected economy where change is happening rapidly and constantly and financial markets are rigged to benefit financial institutions and enrich corporate insiders? I've made it my mission to uncover how you can create, protect, and multiply your wealth in any economy and have interviewed the top investors and wealth experts for over three years. I share what I've learned from them and continue to learn on my journey. I'm MC Lobsher, and this is Cashflow Investing Secrets. Hello, everyone. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Investing Secrets podcast. This is the show where cash is not king, cash flow is king. In today's episode, we're going to look at average rate of returns and why it is extremely misleading that term and why it is one of the biggest money myths and scams propagated by Wall Street to the general public. Now, after interviewing over 550 cash flow ninjas and studying very successful business owners, entrepreneurs, and investors for almost two decades, since 2001, one of the things that I've learned from them is that they are sticklers for knowing exactly uh, the definition of words, right? Um, they're big on words and what they mean and what they really, really mean, right? Um, and this term, average rate of return, is something that people say over and over and over, um, but they don't really actually know what it means. So today we're going to look at exactly what it is and how it's used, why it's so misleading, uh, and why it's very, very important to understand the difference between the average rate of return and the actual rate of return. Because rate of returns is something that is used to sell the public on uh, investments. It just is, right? So rate of return is the return percentage usually of what you would get on a particular investment. So on, uh, if you invest $100,000 and the rate of return is 5%, then you would have $105,000 uh, at the end of the year over that 12-month period, right? So that is, that is basically what the, the rate of return is. So the average rate of return, which is used um, over and over by Wall Street, is usually explained to folks as the average uh, rate that people could expect to have received in a particular uh, market or investment, right? Like the overall stock market, where in the US they use the S&P 500 index quite a lot for that. So that would be the, the, the average of a particular period return that you could have expected to receive. So for example, if the stock market returns 8%, let's just say the S&P 500 index over the past 10 years, that's something that is said over and over and over because if you take the total returns of the stock market and you divided it um, through the total time periods, which in this case was 10, then you would get to the average rate of return. So why is it so misleading? So I'll give you an example. So let's just say you had $1,000 to invest and you would receive an average rate of return for two years of 20% on that $1,000 what is the amount of money that you would end up after two years? So let's just take a look at it. There's actually four possible outcomes that I wanted to share. So the, the first answer would be 1,440. 
The second answer would be $1,280. The third answer would be $800. And the fourth answer would be zero. And the correct answer to the question, you start with $1,000, you get an average rate of return of 20% for two years. How much money would you end up with is all four. All four of them are actually correct. How was that possible? Well, in the first scenario where you end up with $1,440, in year one, you would get a return of 20%. And year two, you would get a return of 20%, average return of 20%. Answer number two is 1280 So in year one, you would get a um, return of 60%. And in year two, you would get a negative return of 20%, average rate of return of 20%. Answer number three is $800. In year one, you would get a return of 100%. And in year two, you would get a return of negative 60%, average rate of return of 20%. And answer number four, which is zero, what happened there? Well, in the first year, you got a return of 140%. And in year two, you got a negative return of 100% wiping out all of your money. That's how you ended up with zero. In all four of those scenarios or answers, the average rate of return was 20%. I'll give you another example, which is quite interesting. Let's just say you started with $100,000. Let's add a couple of zeros to it while we're at it, right? So let's just say you started with $100,000 and the first year you get a return of 100%. Fantastic, home run, right? You would have $200,000. But let's just say in year two, you would get a return of negative 50%. Well, you would be back to $100,000 after two years. But what's the average rate of return? Well, 100% year one, negative 50 year two. If you take 100% minus 50%, you end up with 50 divided by two. The average rate of return is 25%. But you ended up with the same amount of money. Actually, you didn't. It gets better. We didn't factor into that any fees charged by financial institutions. We didn't factor in, uh, into that equation any taxes that you had to pay on the gains of that big return in year one. And we didn't factor in inflation. So let's just look at fees. So let's say it's 2%, right? 2% off that. So year one, you would have been charged 2%. Um, assets under management fee, AUM as Wall Street charges. And year two, the same thing. You would have been charged 2%. So you're going to actually end up with less money just with a 2% fee. With a 1% fee, you're going to end up with less money too. But let's just say 2%, you would have ended up with less money in two years than you had when you started. Let's just say you invested with a hedge fund and it's two and 20, which means 2% assets under management fee, their management fee, and then 20% on the profit, the gain that they get you. You would have ended up with a lot less money than you started with, just with that. And again, taxes is particular to the tax bracket, obviously, that you're going to operate from. Uh, you would have paid taxes in year one on that big gain, and we didn't even factor in inflation. When you look at the average rate of return, can you now see that it's a very, very misleading number, and it should not be used as a baseline for decision-making? Cashflow ninjas don't use average rate of returns, right? We say average rate of returns are for average investors. It's as simple as that. Um, one thing that is also used then 
by Wall Street and a lot of financial advisors is the Monte Carlo simulation. And the Monte Carlo simulation is a simulation where they look at the historical performance of a market index. Let's just say the S&P 500. Um, and what it did um, the past 10 years or the past 20 years. And then, then they use that to simulate basically the performance that you could expect by um, giving your money to them to manage, right? Essentially. There's one problem with that. On the same brochure that the person showed you the Monte Carlo simulation, on the same brochure, it's going to say past performance does not predict future results. So you're using the past, the past 10 years, to plan for the future. And you know, if you use the past 10 years, let's just say 2010 to 2020, we've had one of the biggest runs in the stock market. Chances are that the next 10 years aren't exactly going to play out like that, even if you go back as far as 20 years, right? So... There's a lot of financial misinformation out there. It's very important to understand the meaning of words, what and, and exactly the and understanding the concepts because cash flow ninjas do. So I appreciate you spending your most valuable resource, your time with me in this video. I, I wanted just wanted to share the average rate of return because I see as the new year starts that this is thrown onto a lot of social media and I see it used in a lot of advertisements. So the next time you see it, you know exactly what the average rate of return means. I appreciate you. Thank you so much uh, for your support. And again, my friend, live your freedom, live your legacy on your own terms. Look forward to our next conversation. If you are interested in learning more about cash flow investing, I have compiled the 21 best cash flow investing strategies I have come across studying millionaires and billionaires for two decades and interviewing over 500 successful investors and wealth experts. You can grab the 21 cash flow investing strategy secrets at 21cashflowinvestingsecrets.com. That's 21, the number, cashflowinvestingsecrets.com.